Welcome to Diggin' the Dharma, where we dig into the Buddhist Dharma and explore ways to bring these 2,500-year-old teachings into our lives. I'm Doug Smith of Doug's Dharma on YouTube and the online Dharma Institute. And I'm John Aaron, teacher at New York Insight Meditation Center and mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher and teacher trainer and founder of Space to Meditate. Greetings, Doug. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, John? I'm Good late. Good to see you today. I'm late, but and it's a very important date, as the saying goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I thought I had the day off, you know. But this is this is actually a fine thing to do on my day off. Um, That's right. I had a very nice intense chat. weekend of teaching and training and. Uh, yeah. In fact, the whole week was intense last week. I just yeah. I hope your uh, your recovery is going well. Also, it seems to be. I mean, in terms of that, you know, I mean, it, Good. I, I certainly Good. tire a little more easily, but that'll change. Sure. Uh, and, and teaching generally inspires and gives me energy. And so, when I'm exhausted, it's a different kind of exhaustion. But sure. uh, yeah, it was just a fluke last week. Everything got put in one week, it seemed. And uh, but it's all good. So I'm not complaining. I'm happy that I have that possibility. So, anyway. And, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, that on that same topic, we're going to be dealing with the issue of, of being a benefactor or benefactors. You are a benefactor for a lot of people. I, I guess, sure yeah. Know. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting uh, – it's an interesting word, right? Because in in mm. in like, it's often put in the context of somebody who's supporting somebody else financially, you know. Right. It can mean um, that. Mm -hmm. And and but then there's you know in, in this context, it's it's more of a. I, I think when it comes up is in our loving kindness practice, and and when we're when we're considering beings who uh, basically offer us unconditional. Kindness, and it, it's like right. you know, we have people in our lives. Hopefully, at least, uh, you know, who who have been that for us, who have you know, who have been a benefactor to us, and we don't necessarily consider like if we're benefactors to others. But but the uh, other interesting thing that's come up more recently for me is uh, there are actually benefactors that show up every day. That we're not necessarily aware of, you know, sure. in, in terms of teaching us something. Um, and I think it's really important when we're considering, you know, unconditional kindness, how often it shows up in our life and, and not, you know, and really taking more, uh, taking it in and, and, and appreciating it. Um, right. And likewise, you know, when, when, when we are benefactors and don't even think about it, you know, don't, and it's good that we don't think about it, you know, because it's just <laughs> kind of our natural, you know, I mean, one could say, well, that's our Buddha nature showing mm. up, you know, uh, using that term, um, you know, and, and we're not even aware of it half the time. And, and one does not have to be a Buddhist, obviously, to have Buddha nature. Um, and so, yeah, it's a really interesting, I think it's an important it's an important practice of mindfulness, really, you know, to sort sure. of just on many levels. One is the recollective aspect of mindfulness, you know, recalling, you know, who are the benefactors in our lives. And then the other is attending, you know, paying attention to those moments where we have benefactors that just show up. They're like bodhisattvas yeah. that just show up, you know, mm -hmm. and who knew? Um, 
Yeah. I mean, when I when I think of the idea of, of benefactors, I mean, of course, the first thing that comes to my mind is is, um, and I'm sure you're, I assume you're thinking about this as well, is the the Buddhaghosa's idea of how we're supposed to practice with with metta, that is loving kindness, as we begin with, uh, well, after ourselves, we go to the benefactor, who is somebody that's easy for us to, for, for metta, for loving kindness to arise in us because of the feel that we get from them. So, it's sort of that's part of our practice is to recall the benefactor in that practice. Yeah, that that term in that practice is, uh, I think he uses benefactor, but other teachers often use mentor for also, a good yeah, friend. Sure. You mm -hmm. know, and, and I think, I mean, when I teach that practice, I often start with, from that place because I think that yeah. this notion of unconditional kindness is not, often fully understood or fully fully experienced it's like so when you recall that person you recall that feeling and then and that's maybe easier it's than a, the self yeah I mean, exactly easier, yeah for me anyway for most people for, for yeah. many, or i should say for many people but i uh, in my experience it's most people initially have a really hard time seeing themselves as their own benefactor you know? right um though <laughs> in a way we are if we let ourselves be, you know. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's – much of it is is recognizing one's own innate goodness, you know, which, you know, we spend most of our lifetimes getting in the way of. Um, <laughs> and then, and then you know, something happens and there's like a slap on the face and it's like, oh, right, actually <laughs> – I am actually pretty, pretty kind, you know, to myself and to others. Uh, if I let myself be, you know, if I'm, you know, it's, it's really important, you know. So I was speaking this morning about uh, this nurse that I had in the hospital. His name was Monica, and she was a real character. She'd been there. She had been, you know, in in this particular cardiac unit for I think twenty years. She had purple hair. And played bass guitar <laughs> and had pet turtles. <laughs> and she was wild, but she was, you know, she was wonderful. Yeah. And at one point, you know, you're in the hospital bed and you have this gown on, you know, which opens and exposes everything. And it's like, I have all these tubes coming out of me. And, and uh, she said something like, yeah, you know, you really just have to drop all sense of uh, propriety and humility. You know, it's just like you just sure. let it all go. It's a lot. E it's a lot easier if you just kind of let it go. You know. Yeah. And so, oh yeah, that was so that's true. A, that's a Buddhist <laughs> practice right there. Yeah, and yeah. so it's just thank you. You yeah. know. Yeah. And it's not like she hasn't seen everything that I'm exposing, right? It's just like sure. And you know, so so that right in that moment, you know, there's my benefactor. You know, and, and then, you know, when I would walk around the hallways practicing my walking or, or just getting my movement in and, you know, she would be sort of sitting somewhere in the hallway and we kind of check in and it's like, yeah, it was, there's something special about that. And so, so we meet people all the time. Uh, and sometimes there's nothing even said. It's just somebody's presence that, you know, sort of wakes us up to some possibility and we hadn't necessarily considered it. Right. 
I'm thinking, I think the hospital is a great place of, yeah. of finding that kind of that kind of loving kindness, that kind of compassion, uh, because it just it's it's much more direct right there. Because, of course, you know, yeah. so much is on the line, and so much has been changed. You know, this, I mean, it's a real place of change and 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 uncertainty. Yeah, and we're also um, completely vulnerable at that point. <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. If we let ourselves be, of course, and it's like letting. That's that's a really interesting, a really interesting place to be is kind of letting ourselves be vulnerable to that extent, mm-hmm. or letting letting down our vulnerability. Well, as one of my teachers said, to be completely vulnerable, you have to be to be invulnerable. You are completely vulnerable because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's nothing to there's nothing to hide, right? And, um, and yet. You know, we put up the boundaries when necessary, but and sometimes our benefactors remind us of those boundaries that are mm-hmm. necessary. So, yeah. So, I mean, this is also it strikes me as very much. You know, I think have we talked about gratitude practice in the past? Yeah. Um, I think we probably yeah, have before yeah. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is sort of yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is very much the sort of uh, flip side of that same practice because when I, you know, certainly when I think of benefactors like you might say a nurse or. Uh, I would think a teacher or something like that, um, Dharma teacher or other kind of teacher, or people who just are teachers in normal life. Yeah, of course, like your wife. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Exactly. It's is uh, one of you know an attitude of gratitude, you know, towards them. Yeah, yeah. Of feeling grateful for you know the the lessons that they have that they have provided me, and that that is a great way to to make contact with that kind of metta or that kind of uh, compassion for other people, I think. I mean, it's just, uh, and and to overcome a lot of, you know, negative thoughts. I mean, I think, which is a great part of the practice, uh, for me anyway, and I think um, when I read about other people as well, my, my impression is for other people as well, is that, uh, you know, we sometimes get caught up in, in negative thinking and, and, you know, the world doesn't seem like a great place and so on, but then, you know, the... <laughs> Then we recall. Then we recall. Then yeah. we recall the the wonderful people that we that we know and that have helped us, uh, whether it's financially or just spiritually. Yeah. you know, or our kindergarten teacher. <laughs> or yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mrs. Uh, Pryor. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, you think about it. Like you remember the name of your kindergarten teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Sixty some odd years later, it's like. Yeah, oh. yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember the names of many of my teachers right. from when I was in from 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 our early childhood. long ago. Yeah, yeah because for sure. they had that kind of impact on us, and mm-hmm. um, and were really non-judgmental, you know. Well, or they were judgmental in a wise way. You know? Yeah, okay. They they, yes. st- they steered you in the they right direction. You in the right way. Yeah. You know, I mean, being judgmental can be good or bad. Depends on the <laughs> the circumstance. Sometimes yeah. it's good to sort of have somebody say, "Well, no, look, do, do it this way." Yeah, point, yeah, no, it's true. They're they're pointing out they're pointing out directions, and and you know when you're five, <laughs> you don't necessarily know, so you need that kind of yeah. sure, yeah, or when you or when you misbehave, you know, and somebody sure points yeah. that out to you, and um, so yeah, I mean those are those are true benefactors because they're not doing it in a in an angry way. They're they're recognizing that you know we're all learning all the time and. Um, especially at that age, but but even now, it's like you let, in a way, a, a a true benefactor has the possibility of kind of breaking through that that veil of self, 
that we have, which then allows us really to shine through. In other words, it's like, <clears throat> because a benefactor, you don't have to be anyone with your benefactor. You don't have to, mm. you know, you can sort of let go of the becoming that we always sort of need to do. And, and that's particularly true, I think, with someone you might just come in contact with in a fluke situation or, you know, who you have no reason to be anything at that moment because the person doesn't even know you, you know, mm. and it's like we can, and, and, and yet somehow accepts you as you're presenting yourself at any given moment. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's something that can fall away in those moments that says, Oh, Oh yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, the other, the other part of all of this um, is the, the resistance to, having a benefactor or allowing people to be benefactors for you. Um, I mean, I, this is something that I, you know, when I, when I think about this whole topic is it's, it's there, it's underneath all this, you know, and now that we're talking about it, it's sort of coming to the fore is this kind of, there's this background feeling in me that uh, allowing somebody to be a benefactor is, you know, is dangerous in a certain way. It's, you know, it's giving them power over you in a way, or at least it feels that way. You know, it feels this kind of, uh, I don't know how to describe it, sort of this, you know, ego-threatening in a sense, you know, if I can't do it myself, you know, I've got to let somebody else, you know, show me, whereas I'd prefer to do it myself, you know, um, and do I want them to tell me, you know, how to how I should be doing this? I mean, because, there, you know, there is an element of that, you know, you have to be, as you were saying, there's an element of egolessness right. in being able to accept the, you know, the outside uh, help or the other person, um, and you know that can be that can be tough. That can be tough for for a lot of us. I think certainly for me sometimes. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of it, but you're right. I mean, it's like we we want to have control over the situation, and it's like, oh, I, I, do I want to like let go of that and and basically fall into the arms of another in a sense? Um, yeah. <clears throat> and yet, how liberating that can be. <laughs> You know, and, but of course, the ego gets involved and doesn't want that kind of liberation. You know, sure. And there's a there's a fine balance. There's a sort of a dance here because you don't want to go too far. I mean, there's this kind of you know, being absorbed into another person. You know, this kind of you know where you lose your ego in this in, in a bad sense. You know, you're sort of taken over by them. A sort of a you know. Uh, a cultish kind of guru behavior. Right, where that's you, very different, yeah. And yeah, yeah, I mean, so there's this kind of, you that's know, it's got to be this yeah. kind of in-between thing where you're, you know, there's a healthy, a, you know, a healthy guru behavior, a healthy a benefactor behavior is somebody who is going to allow you enough uh, autonomy to, to do things on your own, but, you know, but steer you in the right, you know, in, yeah. in, the, in the appropriate ways. So that's a really interesting point. So there's a, I mean, the guru mentality, I think, can, can really get in the way because it's then, you know, that's coming from the benefactor, you know, who's trying to be that kind of guru. And, of course, a lot of people are susceptible to that. Mm. So, it's it's recognized. I mean, that you know, and, and, and there have been times when, you know, somebody's used that word toward me and I really push back. Because it's on guru, yeah. You mean the word guru. I mean, I've it just never, means teacher. It means teacher, and yeah. But it, but it's but the connotation of it is different than the, the you know because right. it, it's like oh, I have my own guru. You know, it's like mm -hmm. that's um, and it feeds into the 
at least to my in my mind, it feeds my ego, which is not helpful. Mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I, I can see that very quickly. You know, and I just try to clarify the relationship. <laughs> it's one thing, you know, it's just yeah, I mean I think I think that's how it's been well the literal definition may be teacher, the way it's heard, at least in in a lot of Western culture is something else altogether. Well, and it's a big tr part of, let's say, the Tibetan tradition, where, I mean, I, you know, I have not practiced under that tradition, although I have taken, I mean, I have studied with Tibetan, uh, you know, teachers, yeah. uh, gurus in a sense. But my, I guess my understanding is that there are healthy ways of doing it. And of course, of course there are also unhealthy ways of yeah. doing it. Yeah. And the healthy ways are people who are able to keep that boundary and you know, teach in a way that may be much closer than would be apparent in, let's say, the Theravada tradition, perhaps, but but allows still that kind of, you know, independent learning. Yeah, and it's it's also, <clears throat> so we're getting into slightly different territory here, but it's also the, the recognition by the one teaching that whatever is being taught is not coming from, that that, that person is just transmitting something that's already there. That, right, that it's not their them, their teachings. Right, know. it's not coming from a place of ego, but right. you know, from yeah. a place of transmission of of information. But from the point of view of the person studying, they may not get that, and, right. and therefore, you know, they, there becomes this whole power dynamic that is not healthy. Um, yeah, and that's really important to look out for. Which is why I think that you know, reflecting at the end of a day of any sort of you know momentary benefactors that have appeared in your day that you haven't even been aware of. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be a a human being. You know, it mm. could be some other other being, you know, even just, you know, a squirrel or, you know, some some animal that is expressing something in some way that it's like, oh, mm -hmm. there's something to be learned there. You know? <laughs> and or or a dog, of course. But um yeah, I mean so so I you know as a as a a mindfulness practice, you know, a recollecting the, the benefactor from our lives, the, the, you know, the ones that are more long term, perhaps, and from a sort of day to day or moment to moment uh, practice, just recognizing that, in a sense, there is something to be learned and gained and, you know, an opportunity for letting go of, of control in every moment, you mm -hmm. know, and so is, you know, the moments themselves or the experience themselves, the phenomena itself could be a benefactor in, in one way or another, just in terms of supporting us mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, learning to accept whatever is arising and not taking it personally. So yeah, it's a, it's a big word <laughs> and, and takes in a lot. And it, yeah, as I mean, it, it has a lot of complexities with it. And obviously, the Buddha himself was a benefactor to thousands. Well, exactly, um, sure. And and sometimes it was just his mere presence. It wasn't even anything he said. Mm -hmm. you no, know, but there was there was, and and we've all met people. Well, maybe we haven't all met people, but when we've met someone like that, you know, who's simply the power of their presence, the nature of their presence, I should say, is is one of acceptance, mm. and one that that doesn't put up a wall between them and the other. Mm -hmm. um, and who is accepting of everyone. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's, 
a rare being, but they exist. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, I suppose there is a, a, something to aspire to as well in our own practice. Um, you know, when we feel some strong resistance to someone, are we able to let that go while still protecting ourselves and offering kindness, you know, to whoever it is? Right. It's a big step. And also, invest and also investigating, I think, when we're with somebody with great charisma, investigating the nature of that charisma mm -hmm. and... You know, I mean, this is something that the Buddha himself recommended: is to investigate your teacher. Right. Um, and the word would have been guru, I believe, in the in the in the Pali. Mm -hmm. um, probably, I'm not exactly. I don't remember exactly, but I believe so. You know, investigate them, and because there are a lot of people with with great charisma who uh, do great things, and you know, they're worth following, and and because of that charisma, be, can be very, they can motivate change, and they can motivate change in a good direction. But there are also a lot of people with, with a lot of charisma that we really should stay away from. <laughs> so, yeah. you've got to, you know, you've got to yeah. keep your eyes open, Good I point. think. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, um. a lot of us, I think, are looking, uh, um, I mean, the the flip side of, I mean, my tendency is to tend to be skeptical of of, of uh, benefactors just because I don't, you know, I don't sort of don't want to let up, you know, I have, I have trouble giving up control. But I think for a lot of people, it's the opposite, that they are looking for a benefactor and can get therefore sucked into you know people who are proposed benefactors for various reasons and i think you sort of have to know a certain amount your own predilection you know what are you tending to be like you know and mm. i i've i've realized that my own predilection is to sort of be skeptical so i sort of push in a little bit more i said okay let's give this person a chance you know let's <laughs> you know let's see how it goes and then you find and i then i do find you know that i've i have wonderful benefactors uh, if i do that um, but I think if I were on the other side, then I'd be want to try to sort of introduce an element of skepticism here and say, let's, tr let's check them out first, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's, I mean, in, in the, the mindfulness teaching world, there are, I think some people that come into that place whose practice is actually somewhat weak, but they have great charisma. And, and that, that charisma can attract, as you say, can attract people. But it's the charisma itself. It's, it's attracting people and not the wisdom behind it. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the, the one important aspect of, of benefactors is that they have, they are an expression of wisdom. Uh, ideally, yes, that's the way it should be. And, and they highlight our own innate wisdom. Or they have the potential to highlight our own innate wisdom, mm -hmm. and so if 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 somebody's charisma is such that it's all about their wisdom and not about our innate wisdom, then something's off balance. Yeah. Um, and you know that's that's hard. I mean, it's that that can be hard to spot at first, anyway, until you realize, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, um, and then you know. There's the whole cult phenomena that forms potentially, yeah. and, and and that's that's a that's a dangerous place. So, so really, you know, it's, these are important uh, red flags, and also important. Uh, yeah, it's just important practice to to kind of say, okay, where's the wisdom coming from right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Yeah, because in a sense, we are our own best benefactors if we if we allow ourselves to be. Sure, um, and that's sort of the Buddha's message yeah. at the end of his life, even is to be yeah. your own, you know, your own lamp, your own right. island, right? For that very reason. Good. And speaking of benefactors, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of benefactors, on the on the other front, on the other the other way of looking at benefactors is people who support us, mm -hmm. and we kind of depend on your support to keep this podcast going. And it can be supported by buying us coffee through Buy Me a Coffee, which you can find that link on our website, digginthedharma.com. And even we, become a member. And become a which member. Which is really sweet of people who wish to do that. Yeah. And that's a way of <coughs> supporting this. If this is helpful to you, um, we can benefit from your help. You can be our benefactors in that yeah. way. And maybe other ways too. You know, so yeah. I'm sure we, I, uh, by the way, I, I got a funny, um, an email from somebody who had just given us some, bought us a coffee. I can't remember if I sent it to you, but it was something I said uh, in the podcast we did recently around patience. And um, this person was, I think I know who it was even, but uh, they were, you know, I'd said something about walking in the streets of New York or getting stuck behind a bunch of tourists on the subway and having to walk slowly suddenly. And this person said, well, if you live in Amish country, you know, you get stuck behind these carriages all the time and you really <laughs> have to practice your patience. And it was, you know, you don't have to be in the city where you, that comes up. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That was a nice I can, I can reminder, attest to that. Although, sure. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't any Amish carriages around here, but I can attest to that. You get tractors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, yes, we do. <laughs> right. So, all right, friends, until next time, keep digging the Dharma. <laughs> Indeed. Thanks. Okay. Th thanks so much, John. Take care. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on your podcast directory. And please check us out at digginthedharma.com where you can leave a comment, buy us a coffee, and even become a member. You can find out more about me, John Aaron, at johnaaron.net and Doug at dougsdharma.com. 